Bibles, if you would please, tonight to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. As you're going there, I wanted to uh, make a correction and then offer an apology about something that happened on Sunday. Sunday I was preaching along and uh, I, I began to give an illustration about a church that uh, had reportedly used a two or three story water slide to do baptism and voiced my strong disapproval with that. Well, I was made aware that uh, that may not have happened and likely did not. And so I thought that was common knowledge and out there and several years old and old news and that I had done due diligence on fact checking or I wouldn't have uttered it, but uh, it likely didn't happen. And so I said something that wasn't true and I wanted to make that right with you. And so I'm, I am sorry for that. But then I'm, I made a second mistake that to me is worse. I named the ministry from the pulpit. That was wrong for me to do. Uh, unbecoming, and I repent. And I ask you to forgive me. Have a little mercy on me, or a lot. Amen. And, uh, but anyway, I, I, yeah, I'm sincere uh, in my, my constant efforts to be right about everything. And like I did say on Sunday, uh, not perfect. Amen. And uh, so anyway, I want to make that right. I've forgiven myself. Hope you forgive me. And I'm, uh, I'm moving on. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, hallelujah. First Peter, First Peter chapter 2. And uh, so we've been talking about healing for a number of weeks on Wednesday night. We're going to continue in that vein tonight. Praise God. How many of you want to live a sick-free life? Amen. You want to live a pain-free life? Amen. Well, we all do. Everybody does. The sinner does. But thank God, God has made provision so that we can. Amen. Um, But as with all of the covenant blessings of God, including salvation, right? Nothing is automatic. You know, I guess God's love. God's love is automatic. But you still go to hell with God loving you, right? And uh, so all of the blessings of God, we must appropriate. Salvation is for every human being. I mean, the hardest sinner out there, praise God, the guy on death row, the mass murderer, Jesus died for him. Amen. The prostitute on the street, whatever, Jesus died for them. But they will not be saved if they don't appropriate what's been made available. Amen. And we know that about salvation, don't we? You know? Uh, across denominations, that's been well established. Well, somewhere along the line, though, uh, Christians got into this mindset and this mode of thinking and believing that all of the other covenant promises and blessings, uh, if God wants them for us, come automatically. It's just not true. You know, the greatest thing, the most needful thing, the greatest miracle that could ever happen in a human being's life is to be born again. Isn't that right? Is to receive eternal life. Amen? Yet even that has to be appropriated. God doesn't force it on anybody. He has paid the bill. He has paid the price. The door to heaven is standing wide open. Jesus is the door. And any who come, the Bible says to any that will come to Him, He will in no wise turn them away. He will in no wise cast them out. Anyone that uh, calls upon Him, doesn't matter what they did, they're going to be received. They're going to be saved. Aren't you glad? Amen. Well, listen, know this. Every other promise from God is going to come the same way. God's got His side, and then you and I have our side. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 2, you probably know where I'm going, verse number 24. Verse number 24, talking about uh, the work of our Lord in redemption. It says, Peter writes, verse 24, 1 Peter 2, "...who his own self 
And I, uh, I stopped there a few days ago, meditating on this, thinking, hmm, I'm not in there anywhere. He did this himself. Before I ever came along, before I was ever born, right? Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Excuse me, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Notice it didn't say we will be healed. It says by his stripes ye were, you were healed. See, Peter, when he wrote this, was looking back at Calvary. We just advanced in time, some 1,900, 2,000 more years. But we're still looking back at the same event. And we've already taught you in this series of teachings on healing that uh, Isaiah, seven, eight hundred years before the event, he saw, as a prophet does, into the future. And he saw a coming, suffering Messiah. And he saw uh, Jesus, we know him to be Jesus, right? He didn't know back then, but he was seeing into the future the suffering Messiah. And he suffered for us spiritually. He suffered for us in our soulish realm. And he suffered for us for our healing or in, in his body. Amen. So Jesus redeemed the whole man. Jesus redeemed the whole human being. Every part of our being, spirit, soul, and body, we have been redeemed. Amen. Now, because death is still a thing, we won't experience the fullness of our redemption in this life. Should the Lord tarry His coming, our bodies, the Bible says, the outer man perishes. Our outer man's decaying. Amen. You can use your faith, and you should, and your love walk, and your walk with God, and slow down the effects of it, and live way younger than you are. Right? But it, it's, still the, it's still true, should the Lord tarry His coming, your body will wear out, and you will leave and you'll go to heaven. You don't have to die sick, you don't have to die with tubes, you don't have to die decrepit, but you just wear your body out. Amen? And then go home. Glory to God. But while we're down here, and we talked last week, didn't we? That God's promised us a long life. He's promised us a long life. He said, for with long life, I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation. Glory to God. I will demonstrate it to you. And then we talked about how you can do things to shorten your life. You could do things to uh, extend your life. Like honor your mom and dad. That's a commandment from God. You honor your mom and dad. He said, you know what? Things are going to go well for you and you're going to live a long time on the earth. Amen. But I tell you what, you go, uh, you go point a, uh, a gun at a police officer, something's going to happen. And you might not make it. And that won't be God fulfilling your appointment with death. That will be you being foolish. Agent. Amen. And, and so we are highly responsible for the outcome of our life in the physical arena. Amen? Doesn't mean we're at fault totally responsible, you know, just because we get attacked with sickness, we get attacked with disease. But when you find out that healing belongs to you and how to appropriate it, if you don't, well then that's still your fault. Yep. <laughs> you might be sweet, right? A lot of people are. But uh, you have to know some things if you're going to receive and walk in what God has for you. So let's talk about uh, some things about what we need to know and what we need to do on our side 
to appropriate the healing that we've already proved to you belongs to you. Amen? So go to Proverbs chapter 18. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 18. Glory to God. I'm glad I made it to this service. I had a lot of opposition today, but uh, the Lord helped me overcome it. Amen. We got passion for the house. Proverbs chapter 18, and we're going to look at verse number 21. Amen. And to cut to the chase here, we're going to talk about your words. Amen. If you want to live healthy, you want to live strong, you want to drive sickness and disease away from your life, you want to get that pain out of your body, you want to get that tumor out of your body, right? You're going to have to learn how to cooperate with God And be who He made you to be, a speaking spirit. And we're not taking you back there, stay in uh, Proverbs 18, but in Genesis, when God breathed into the nostrils of Adam, Adam and Eve, right? Our first parents, it says that He breathed into their nostrils the breath of life and they became a living soul. That's the English. In the Hebrew, it says man became a speaking spirit. That would, would... wouldn't we have been better served had our translators translated that properly? We, not, we didn't just become a living being or a living soul. God created us just like He said He was going to. In Genesis uh, 1.26, when God says, Let us, the Godhead, make man in our image after our likeness. So that's how Adam was made. He was made in the likeness and in the image of God. That's how you were made. You were made in the likeness and image of God. Well, what is God? He's a spirit being. He is a spirit being. And how does He operate? He speaks. So when He wanted light, I was talking with Brother Philip about this uh, on our hay run. My hay run the other day, we had just a fellowship, and I was thinking about, you know, how... People that become really, really wise, truly wise people, say profound things. Things that are full of complexity and detail in simple terms. One surefire way to point out someone who's acting wise, but really isn't, is someone who's convoluted and complicated. Amen? Because a wise person can take exceedingly complicated matters and break them down into simple terms. So you you could study light for the rest of your life. I mean, think about all the blessings that we have in light. The plants use it, right? Uh, You know, uh, to live. They convert it to energy. We've figured out how to put a a glass panel uh, on a roof or outside and be able to capture its, uh, its energy, store it, and power our cell phones and our homes with it. Amen? Uh, it enables us to see. I mean, the effects of light are, are far-reaching. You'll never get to the end of it. And so all of this complaint, and not too much. You know, it, it travels at a set rate of speed. I'm sure that matters. That's kind of above my pay grade, but I'm sure that matters. <laughs> Right? And the operation of the whole universe. And, you know, even our light, the sun, that's specifically what he's talking talking about when he said a greater light and a lesser light. Well, the earth is exactly in the exact right position in distance from the sun. A little bit closer, we are a popsicle. A little, or I mean, we are a charcoal briquette. We are burned up. Just a little bit farther away, and we are a popsicle. 
right? In this massively complex, God is so far beyond an astrophysics. I mean, yet how did he do it? All this power, all this complexity in such perfect fashion. He said, let there be light. And boom, out of his creative, awesome, perfect being came all of the perfect complexity to give us the benefits of light. Amen? You need to learn like God demonstrates all the time just the way He he is a speaking spirit. People get all tangled up because we're mental in our heads about healing. They get mental. Like, how is God's power, how is this unseen power going to uh, uh, come into my body and, and... Drive out a physical tumor with tentacles and, and how is he going to get these... Can- and all of this complexity, the doctor's going to make it very complicated. I'm going to talk about all this stuff. Listen, sweetie, you don't have to know. You don't have to know. Just be a speaking spirit. Just learn to use your words. Just learn to say, by his stripes... I am healed. His power is effectually at work in me because I believe. You don't have to try to figure out how God is going to, you know, um, do what your body needs to be done. You know, the doctor says I'm bone on bone. Well, there's just no way God can fix that. How could he fix that? What do you mean how could he fix that? He, he, He looks so easy to God if you read Genesis. He just gathered up some dirt. And he formed it up. And I mean, out of that, when he breathed, all of the, your life came in, and the heart he formed, and the liver, and the intestines, and all of that, the, the, comp, the complexity of the eye. I mean, God just is simple for him. He just formed it up like dirt. And I'm just a simpleton, I guess. I just believe God is able to figure out how to get done what he promised me. Get your mind off of trying to figure out how prayer's going to do it, how words are going to do it. Just believe the Bible. Paul said, I think it's in Corinthians, he said, do not ever be moved away from the simplicity of the gospel. We can try to come up with all of these strategies to win the lost. When Jesus said the lost will be won through the foolishness of preaching. We come up with all these little strategies and all these little gimmicks, right? To try to woo someone to Jesus. Or we could get intellectual. You know, we could debate. You know, and I'm kind of like that kind of thing, me personally. And we could go down the road of apologetics, and that's a thing. You know, there's there's merit to, to, to it, right? But in the end... That, that person's always going to have one more question. You may give them all, answer all their questions. Do it. Well, what, what about? And see, because it's not a mental thing, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Right? To save people, we must simply tell the story. You are created by God, but you're a sinner. You have transgressed like we all have. Uh, praise God, we have missed it. We have fallen short. We are in sin. The wages of sin is death. Death is going to be experienced, which is separation from God, in a place called hell. But God loves you, and He sent His Son, and we just have to go through the simple part of the gospel. 
Some will believe it and be saved. Some will not and be damned. But adding anything else to the gospel is something you're adding that God didn't say was necessary. We have to focus on what Jesus said. Go into all the world and do gimmicks. No, He said go into all the world. Now, I believe in bait. You know, Jesus said be a fisher of men. You know, meet needs and engage. And I'm not against that. Even my spiritual father said, I believe in baiting a hook. You know what I mean? But when you get that person in front of you, it's not about a gimmick. It's not about being clever and it's not about being intellectual. It's about the gospel. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So if we do all this stuff, but we forget the gospel, we're not going to get them saved. Because you have to have faith to get saved. And faith comes by hearing the gospel. Amen? How are you going to get your body healed? The very same way. You just need to simply hear the good news preached about what Jesus has done for you and your body. And you need to believe that. And you need to talk that. And you need to keep your mind off of, well, the doctor said, and what about this? And the statistics say, you're, you're hurting yourself. You're hindering yourself. You're, you're throwing up walls and obstacles and hindrances to your faith. Keep your mind off of it. Keep your mind on Christ. Keep your gaze fixed on Jesus. He's God. He made it all. He's able to fix and maintain and quicken and heal your body. Amen. But God is a speaking spirit. And guess what you are? A speaking spirit. Say, I am a speaking spirit. Now, in not knowing this or not appreciating it like we should, we have been the biggest one in our own way in life. Because the fact that we don't know that we're a speaking spirit doesn't undo the effect of our speaking. Ignorance is not an excuse. All of humanity by creation is operating by the law of saying. Everything that's here, physical and material, everything that's here. Now, we formed stuff and fashioned it, right? We took, we took the iron and the, the alloys and we made metal, right? But it's, it came from the earth, right? The chair you're sitting on, the, the fabric, the cottons, it was all grown. It was all harvested out of the earth. How did it all get here? It got, God spoke it into existence. Right? And so you have to understand your words are a creative force in your own life, good or bad. Your words carry creative power. So in uh, Proverbs 18, uh, verse number 21, did you find it? Very um, well, you know, known scripture for most of us. Let's actually read verse 20 and 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his labor. No. This says the fruit of his mouth. 
and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Now, he's talking about, yeah, talking about your man's belly. It's just kind of King James, you know, poetic language. He's talking about your life. Your life will be satisfied with the fruit of your lips, good or bad, positive or negative. So, you know, the person that says, I can, and the person that says, I can't, are both right. They're both right. Out of the 12 spies, one came back and said, we can't. Two held to a faith confession, we can. With God's help, we are well able. They were both right. Those 10, they never saw it. They never saw the promised land. They died with that generate, that unbelieving generation in the wilderness. They got what they said. But Joshua and Caleb, who said something different, they got what they said. And guess what? Sweetheart, you're getting what you've said. So our lives today are the product of the sum total of the words we said yesterday. And this is not um, cool, hip, leadership, um, you know, self-help, motivational speaker Positive affirmation talk. This is spiritual law. I was listening to Charles Capps this afternoon, and uh, he's got a little mini book that's really, really good, been around for many, many years, talking about the tongue, a creative force. And he was outlining that the law of saying operates very much like the law of electricity, in the sense that uh, it does not matter that you don't appreciate, a person doesn't appreciate or know the laws that govern electricity. If you violate, even accidentally, you violate the laws that govern electricity, you will fry your hide. And it's not discriminatory. It it doesn't care if you're young or old. It doesn't care if you're really a good person. It doesn't care if you're young or old, black or white, male or female. If you run crosswise... You grab hold of that live wire. You're going to find out that the law will work against you. But see, that same law, when you understand the law, and you employ it properly, right? As Reverend Chelsea said, we're enjoying the coolness of the AC, the the lighting of the electricity, that power, right, will, will heat our heat our homes, that power will dry the lady's hair, that power will, you know, uh, make our waffles and wash our clothes. It will do amazing things. But you have to cooperate with the law. There is a law of saying. And your life is being filled with the fruit of your words. And I know many of you, you've, you've heard messages like this with me and, and preachers that have come before me for years. You're going to hear it from years to come because it's just so easy for us to slip over in a mode and we just find ourselves talking. Uh-oh. And we're not paying attention. You know, I saw something I have never seen about words just, in, just this year. And listening to a minister and just appreciating the light and the revelation about this that he was sharing. And... Uh, 
you know, he was talking about we are the only created species on the planet that, and even in, in the spirit realm, like the angels, they don't have the right to speak their own words. See, Lucifer spoke words he was not authorized to speak. I will, I will be like, you're right. And he began to speak and he was not authorized to speak those words and it was his undoing. Angels do not, this angel that Reverend Chelsea talked to us about that came to Cornelius, how many of you know he didn't have the liberty to chit chat with her or, to, or the angel Gabriel to show up and say something other than what he heard God say from the throne about the plan of God for Mary and for Jesus to be his mother. He didn't have the right to ad lib. Right? Listen, dog, I, I love my dog, but he is not authorized to speak words. He can't speak words. No, I can hear you. No, they can't. They cannot speak words. They have a level of community, but they cannot speak words. Think across the board, human beings created in the likeness and image of God. We are the only ones that God permitted, gave the authority to come up with and speak our own words. But listen, that is a high, high honor, high privilege, and it is a weighty responsibility. And this life is really a dress rehearsal for eternity. And we should be training ourselves to speak right words. And to not speak wrong words. In fact, this is so weighty, so important in the mind of God that Jesus said, I believe it's Matthew 12, He said, Every idle, vain, empty, unproductive word that men shall speak, they shall give account for those words on the day of judgment. Words. And people, when they first hear this, will probably react like I do. Ah, ah, come on, ah. No, nah, that can't be. That's, they're just words. But if you read your Bible, you don't have to read very long before you realize, if you're paying attention, that words are everything. Yeah. Let's go ahead and read verse 21. Y'all with me? Yeah. Verse 21 says, death and life. Come on, those are kind of important issues to yes. our experience as humans. <laughs> death and life. Death and life are in the what? The power. The power. If you want to, it'd be, you'd be better... Uh, serve to write the word authority. Authority. King James is very uh, loose with this. They're very generic. They'll just say power. In the New Testament, there's actually four Greek words that the English just puts power. But they're four different words. Okay? This one in the Hebrew is authority. Death and life are in the authority. Now, if you could lift up, you've probably read it. You've heard it before. But how do most people think? Who's got the authority over death and life in people's minds? God. God does. And that sounds, if you didn't have this scripture in front of you, that sounds completely mainstream. That God is the one that has the authority over death and life. God is the one. When your time is up, it's up. 
bless God, it's just up. No, look at what this says. Death and life are in the authority of the tongue. Your tongue. Your tongue. Your tongue. Your tongue can either produce life and health, or it can promote disease and decay and death. So think about that the next time someone tells you a really funny joke and you go, oh man, stop, you're killing me. Oh, you almost scared me too. Think about how clever Satan has been in getting death infused into our... And we just speak it unconsciously. If you're new to this, then you just need to really check yourself. And you just really need to monitor yourself closely. And you will find death in your speech. And it's your job to drive out the death talk and the weakness talk and the failure talk and the sick talk and to get it out of your life and repent for those words. Amen. Go over uh, with me. Well, let's just be efficient here for time's sake. Proverbs 12. How did we get to 825 so fast? Proverbs 12. Verse um, 18. Proverbs 12, 18. It says, There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue... Of the wise promotes health. That's New King James. Other translations say the tongue of the wise brings healing. Well, I wonder what a wise tongue would say that brings health, promotes health, brings healing. It doesn't say on a regular basis, you know, if anybody gets a coronavirus, I know I will. Don't say that. Don't say, you know, I'm going to get my flu shot today, but it really don't matter. Every year I get it. You know, I'll be lucky to make it past 60. You know, my dad died at 60. Grandpa died at 60. I'm getting a little nervous about it. I'm about 58. Maybe I go over the funeral home, go ahead and get things arranged. Ha, ha, ha. And they don't know. They think it's funny. And it would be funny if this wasn't a law. Amen. But it's a law. And we're all being governed by it, whether or not we know the law exists or not. And this goes, this goes, this is true in every area, not just for healing. Most people talk poor. They talk poor because they think poor. They were raised poor. They know poor. They think poor, they're okay with poor, they talk poor. And they propagate, they prophesy their poor future, and then their poor future comes to pass, and when they get there, they say, see, I told you so. Every one of you are the prophet of your own life. So if we don't like what we've been saying... If you look at what you've been saying and you don't like it, those words are moving out in that spirit realm. And they carry creative power. The great thing is, is that through repentance and by putting the blood of Jesus on it, yeah. 
we can negate those doubt-filled, ignorant words that we should not have spoken and then begin to release and decree words that will promote health and bring healing. Amen. 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 Let's go uh, to Psalm 103. Just a couple more. Not going to keep you long tonight. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And so you just have to learn as a Christian, the Christian life is governed by words. When Paul said, fight the good fight of faith, what, what is the fight over? Your words. Satan will bring circumstances. Life brings pressures. And isn't it amazing how intense of a desire we have when we are under pressure to say the bad thing? We want to tell it. I hurt so bad. Can you believe what they did to me? We want to speak it. It's, it's, we are being, if you could see into the spirit realm, you know, they're over there going, yeah, just, just do it. Say it. Say how sick you are. Just say how weak you feel. Say it, say it. Come on, say it. Because if they can get you as a sovereign, created, authoritative, speaking spirit, created in the likeness and image of God to speak words that authorize them to do what they want to do, they can do it. And so sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is bite your tongue. That's right. You don't feel real spiritual. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not wanting to shandai, shandai. You're not wanting to praise the Lord. You're just going to have to go behind the, the tool shed and bite your tongue. Bite you a big old inch thick, dirty stick. But don't say it. Don't say it. That's why you find David in the psalm saying, Oh, Father, have the Holy Spirit help me set a guard on my lips, on my mouth. And you would be served well, right, to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to put a guard on your mouth. Amen. You know, as I found out, Sonny, it's so easy to spend 98% of your time speaking right thing, but just slip over and say the wrong thing. Yeah. Amen. I just got to do what I did. Just be humble enough to say, I missed it. I repent. Right? Look at, uh, go to Proverbs. No, you're, where are you? You're in Psalm 103? Oh, got to hurry. I, I so love Psalm 103 for many reasons, but look at the, the benefits David begins to rehearse that we're not supposed to forget in Psalm 103, verse 3. Uh, I'll read it from the BBE translation, but, uh, Bible basic. It says, He has forgiveness for all your sins. He takes away all your diseases. Isn't that good? He keeps back your life from destruction, crowning you with mercy and grace. He makes your mouth full of good things so that your strength is made new again like the eagles. Woo! Come on, that's cheaper than Botox right there. That's cheaper than that lotion or cream, ladies, that you spend so much money on. God wants to fill your mouth with good things. And if you speak those good things, those words can actually renew your youthfulness 
I walk around saying things, and I walk around when, you know, like installing these new floors, going up and down the steps, you know, and your knees start to talk to you. And I'll go up those steps and my knees are young. My knees are blessed. I'm not done with these knees. Right? And just talk to them. Come on, knees. You're blessed. My knees are young. My knees are youthful. Don't walk up those steps going, yeah, I'm breaking down. I'm just falling apart. I hear that stuff now knowing what I know. And I want to go. And I want to go. Don't say that. Many people have talked themselves to an early grave. I don't have time, but I can tell you story after story after story of testimonies I've heard the situations and lives I've witnessed myself, and they talk death, and they talk death, and they talk death, and you, could, you couldn't get them to turn, their, to turn their words around. Can I, can I say to you, as we grow older, be careful about how you talk about your memory. Right? Well, don't say, my, mem- my memory's shot. You know, I'm just losing it. Now, when the Bible says you've got the mind of Christ. And don't, you know, when you have a loved one like we have in our life, our, Amber and I and our family, who went the way to a degree of dementia, and you see that, oh, your heart, that's, that's just no way to be, right? That is just no way to go and to live. But to watch them, and it doesn't happen over a moment or one sentence or word. But you know, uh, when you see someone who saw their relative one generation out go that way, and then they start fearing that they're getting older, they're getting closer to you know that season of life by age, and they start fearing, and that fear starts showing up in their words, and then sure enough, symptoms begin, and then they really begin to talk it, right? And they talk that road right down that path. You know, your brain and your mind are two totally separate things. Your mind is part of your soul, which is eternal. It does not get old. Your mind uses your brain. If your brain gets sick, God can heal the brain like He can heal your liver. But think, it, your mind, you have the mind of Christ. Your mind never ages. You should only get sharper, quicker. As you cooperate with eternal life, you become more spiritual, you become more skilled. But if you think your mind is your brain, your mind is not your brain, your mind is part of your eternal soul that uses the organ of your brain to communicate in this world. So talk right about your mind and your brain. Talk to your thyroid, it will listen to you. Talk to your pancreas. It will listen to you. Talk to your joints. They will listen to you. Just like the nothingness of the unknown universe, listen to God's words. Amen. Let's go to one more place and we'll close right here. Psalm 34. And we're just not, you couldn't even say we scratched the surface tonight of this subject. Psalm 34. <clears throat> Amen? Well, praise, you, praise God. Thank you. Psalm 34. <clears throat> and let's, uh, 
Let's look at verse 11. Psalm 34, 11 says, Come, ye children, hearken or listen unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires life and loves many days? Stop. Who, isn't that all of us? We love life and we want to see many days. Good days. You know, if you're normal, that's what you want. That he may see good. Well, here comes the instruction. Verse 13. Keep thy tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Hello? So, do you see here in this verse how that the words we speak affect our lifespan? And our, not only our long we live, but the quality of our life. He, who is it, he says, who loves life and would see many days and see good in those days. That's all of us. If we want that, what, was, what must we do? Keep our tongue from speaking evil and our lips from speaking guile. I already taught you in this series of lessons that disease is evil. Deuteronomy 7.15, God says sickness and disease is evil. Just black and white. Go read it. Deuteronomy 7.15. So if we talk in line with disease, we are not following this. Right? Amen. So we have to keep our tongue from all evil. And when we fail, repent. That's how you nullify those words. That's how you get them out of the atmosphere. And it matters. Not just what we say over our bodies in the area of sickness and disease. This this is going to encompass a whole lot of things. Husbands, how do you talk to your wives under the roof of your home? Wives, how, how how are our families? Are those words harsh? Are they, you know, mean? Are they impatient right we we just really we're all in need of grace and mercy in what we've done with our mouths but thank god you know god will just honor the effort but you have to pay attention to this your tongue is steering you somewhere your words are taking you somewhere Make sure the words you're speaking in the area of life and health, strength, youthfulness, energy, vitality, make sure the words you're speaking are taking you where you really want to go. Amen? God, oh, this is how God works. He always says it before it comes to pass. Is that not right? For centuries, God used different prophets to speak forth by the Spirit what He would do in Jesus. He would be born of a virgin. That He would be called a Nazarene. That He would would call His Son out of Egypt. That He would be born of a virgin. That He would die on a cross. That He would suffer as as a scapegoat. For centuries, He just said it. Said it. Said it. And Satan spent centuries trying to form strategies to oppose it. 
to keep it from coming to kill all the kids, right? Just, he was doing everything he could to keep those words God said from coming to pass. But there was no remedy. God's word comes to pass. Listen, so do yours. But you, you know, attach your heart. Be sure to attach your heart to what you're saying. Lord willing, we'll talk more about this because... Words that just come out of the mind, they don't have the same effect. You have to learn to hook your words and your tongue up with your spirit, with your heart. And you've got to hide the Word of God, tank up on the Word of God, let His Word abide in you continually, meditate on those Scriptures till they become alive in you. And then when they come out of your mouth, there will be life in that. There will be effect in that. There will be faith behind it. There will be spirit. Jesus said, my words I speak unto you. They are not mental. He didn't say that part. But he said they are spirit and they are life. And that needs to be our aim. That our words are spirit and our words are life. Amen. Amen. Would you stand up with me tonight? Did you get a little something out of that Bible lesson? Glory to God. Our words are so important. Eternity swings on the hinge of words. He that confesses with their mouth. Right? Hallelujah. Jesus said you shall have what you say. Come on. Come on. So, Father God, thank you for reminding us of this.